Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Do such an amazing job. It's a very special day today. It's Sacred Sunday. And so many times, uh, so many times we go through life and we, we bounce through situations and God delivers us and we never stop and just thank him for it. So Sacred Sunday is about two things. It's about thanking God for what he has done throughout this past year. And it's about sowing into the next year. Because wherever you go in whatever capacity it is, there is a necessity of seed if there's ever going to be a harvest. Somebody say amen to that. Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. Let me read just three scriptures over you. Genesis 8 and verse 20. This is right after Noah. You remember Noah and the ark, you had all the animals. This is right after Noah uh, has the ark rest on dry ground and he comes off the boat. And the first thing he did, see, it's kind of like you coming out of 2018. You, your 2018 started very different than it's finishing. There were some things that you were believing God for in 2018, and they've come to pass. There were some things that should have drowned you in 2018, but God put you on the ark of his salvation and rested you on top of the water instead of beneath the water. And now you've come to a place, the end of the year, where the ark has rested on solid ground once again. Your life is not quite feeling as unstable as it once was. And the Bible says that this is the same time that Noah's in. There is a, a great uh, a victory that God has brought him through. There's a great deliverance that God has brought Noah through. And the Bible says the first thing Noah did when he gets off the boat is he built an altar unto God. In other words, he was planning on giving. He was planning on sowing a thanksgiving or a sacrificial uh, a, sacri- a sacrificial offering of thanks unto God for delivering them from the flood. You know, everybody that you run into uh, is not experiencing what you're experiencing. That's part of our responsibility as believers is to give people the opportunity to experience the love of Christ in every situation. However, everybody is not experiencing what you're experiencing. To Noah and his family, the flood was a great testimony, but to other people, it was their demise. You see, there were some things that, that, that people said about you and said to you, and you could have returned venom for venom, but you did not. What you did is you let God handle it, and you look now, and while God caused you to rise on the waves, they sunk in their transgressions. See, we're not here mad at anybody. We're not trying to wag our finger at anybody. We're not happy when something happens to people. But at the end of the day, God is still a delivering God. 
So the Bible says as soon as he got off the boat, he said, man, I'm here, I'm here to sow a seed. He said, I'm here, to, I'm here to give. And the Bible says he took of every clean beast and every clean fowl, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord, get this, I love this, the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. I'm not going to wipe the earth out again. I'm not going to kill everything that's living again. Verse 22, he says this. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Somebody say seed. Write this down if you're taking notes. There must be a seed. There has to be a seed. If you want to harvest, as long as the earth remains, there must be a seed. God looked down and he saw planet earth in total disarray. He saw sin ransacking mankind. And he did not call for a harvest without first sending the seed of his only begotten son to be planted in the very ground that you and I were dying on. There has to be a seed if there's going to be a harvest. In John chapter 6, the Bible says Jesus was teaching, gets done teaching, and there's all kind of people uh, sitting there, about 5,000. And Jesus said, we need to feed these people. Somebody go get some food. And one of the disciples looked and said, it would, it would cost you know, 200 pieces of silver just to get everybody one bite of food. But God is not into one bite of food. Somebody say amen to that. He said it would take 200 pieces of silver to just get one bite, just get one little, just one little nugget, one little chicken nugget from McDonald's because it was on Sunday and Chick-fil-A was closed. He said it'd take 200 pieces of silver just to get everybody just a little bitty bite. And Jesus never asked you a question that he doesn't know the answer to. He wanted to know, what can we do? How can we feed these people? And all of a sudden, a little boy stands up and he said, Jesus, I'm just a little boy. He said, but if you can use anything, you can use me. My mama made me two little small loaves of bread and I got five little fish that me and daddy caught the day before. He said, if you can use this, you can use anything. And Jesus said, stop, don't go to the store, don't go to McDonald's, save the money. He said, have everybody sit down right where they're at. Sometimes the place of blessing is not off the sweat of your brow. It's the place you're willing to sit down. Sometimes it's not necessarily everything you can do. It's who, it's who are you listening to? Is the voice of God coming through your heart? Is the word of God permeating who you are? Because sometimes the blessing is not how much work I can do. Sometimes the blessing is, can you be faithful just to sit? Can you be faithful when Jesus says, I need you to stay? Yeah, but they hurt my feelings. I need you to stay. Sometimes you want to leave your job two years before God wants you to leave your job. Sometimes you want to leave your profession two years before. Sometimes you're working on your education and everybody around you is against you and it feels like every professor is against you and you can't get any favor in the, in the, uh, uh, the offices that you have to talk to. But all of a sudden God's just sitting, you're saying, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to quit. And God's saying, can you just sit there just a little bit longer? The little boy stood up. He said, I just have a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. He had two loaves of bread. And five little fish, seven is always the number of perfection. 
What you have to sow is perfect in the eyes of God. The little boy didn't stand up and say, I have everything that they need. He said, but I do have a seed. There must be a seed. The Bible says Jesus sits it down, sits them down, tells them to sit down. And he begins, he, he takes the, 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 the fish and the bread. And the Bible says that he, he thanked God for it and he asked him to bless it. And he began to break it into pieces. So what happens when you take your seed and you give it to God... He begins to make it go further than you could ever make it go on your own. The Bible says, he asked the disciples, he said, disciples, I know you're up here. He said, but, but, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to take and begin to distribute and make sure everybody gets all they want. Jesus said, I'm trying to show you guys this kingdom is not an either or. This kingdom is a all of the above. He said, he said, begin to distribute it. And they distribute it. And the Bible says, everybody ate everything they wanted. And then the Bible says, now make sure that you go pick up all the leftovers. And the scripture says there was 12. Somebody say 12. 12 baskets left over. It doesn't say what exactly happened with those baskets, but we know there were 12 disciples following Jesus. He told them constantly, you'll never give up anything from me that I won't give you back a hundredfold. I don't know if their family was there. And he said, he said, hey, here's the thing. He said, pick up all the leftovers. There were 12 baskets full left over. And, and maybe Peter had some of his cousins and aunts and uncles come over. And maybe Peter took that big basket full of fish and bread. He said, here, you guys, here's some lunch for you guys for the next six months. You see, there's a shift that happens when you decide to serve God. Because what happens, what you make happen for others. God makes that. He'll make it come to pass for you. I can't, I can't explain to you favor. I can define it. I can give you examples. But to understand it, you have to experience it. And it's undeniable when it hits. It's a completely different state of affairs. It's a completely different level. The disciples undoubtedly were getting at time tired of waiting by the boat, tired of rowing through the storm, tired of going through all the frustrations of life, tired of, of oh, go get a donkey. A donkey, Jesus, really? I'm gonna, now I've got to go get a donkey? i tell you what you need to do. You need to go tell the people to sit down. Jesus, won't you tell the people to sit down? You need to make sure that they're all sitting in order. Jesus, I'm tired. These people don't want to sit in order. These people are hungry. They didn't complain. We don't have any record of them complaining. We don't have any record of them whining about it. Because they knew as they were making it happen for others, Jesus was personally seeing to it that it would happen for them. I want to show one more video today. I know we've shown a few over the last few weeks. Have those videos been good? Isn't that been good? Let's show one more video today because what New Heights Church and every person associated and every person that gives and partners with this house, what you're making happen around the world is overwhelming. It's it's something that only God can do, but the way God works is through people. 
He always has. So when you and I rise up and begin to give towards growth and begin to get committed to sowing, the Bible says not only does it come up as a sweet perfume, we can actually begin to see the fruit. See, it said seed, time, and harvest. Our church is only six years old. We're just at the place where time has even had a chance. What's up, y'all? Everything good. How's it's it good. Doing good. Do y'all know why you're here? Yes, uh, that we can see the stock. We're going to have to tell the truth about something. You're going to have to tell the truth. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, as you guys know, at New Heights every year, we have what we call Sacred Sunday, where we give towards growth in the next year. Because as you guys know, in the body of Christ, as well as anything else, anything you want to grow, you have to sow into And a part of what we do every year is to celebrate what God has done in the current year. And a lot of times we can pass over our victories too quickly and we forget to celebrate them at the level that we do. So the reason you guys are here is because, number one, y'all are staples at New Heights. Um, I am blessed and honored that you guys serve God but, I, but I'm also honored that we get to serve God alongside one another. It's one of the things that I'm personally thankful for as well as many people in our church. But you're here because we wanted to take just a minute and share with you some of what you have given into over the years. But including last year to see a little bit of the victory that has happened this year. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. When, when, how long have you guys been saved? Saved? Yeah. Well, not you. We're still praying. But. <laughs> well, I can tell I can tell you real quick. When I was 18 years old, yeah, I was saved at a James Robinson Crusade in Liberty, Texas. Wow. So that's uh, 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. 50 years. That's amazing. That what about amazing. you? I was saved when I was uh, 17. Yeah. Up in uh, Houston at the t- uh, temple. Yeah. yeah. Brian Rudd was the preacher. Very good. Yeah. I was saved under his ministry. And so you guys have literally years. been living for the Lord for longer Long. than lots of people in our church have been alive. Right. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you guys here because it's very important for younger generations to see the fruit involved in a consistent life of serving God. So, in the bottom of my heart, thank you. I have somebody here that wants. Uh, to talk to you. I have somebody that wants to talk to you. Uh, They're very special. You already love them. Uh, But they wanted to share a little bit about what giving towards growth has actually impacted. Okay? Okay. So y'all sit right here. I'll be right back. Oh, come on, man. Good to see you. I love your faces. I'm so glad that I know who you are. Happy day. (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for your giving towards Casa Angelina and the orphanage. And, you know, December the 9th is a sacred Sunday when the church gets to give towards all that. And I just wanted to tell you a few of the beautiful stories that have happened this year. Amazing. Uh, 
I mean, really life-changing, heart-wrenching stories. We got a family of five children uh, just a few months ago, and these children, when we got them, they were literally in rags, in rags. And the little girl, the youngest one, about four years old, had two black eyes. And they, and all of them were just in, in, in rags, four little girls and then uh, a little boy. And they, his shirt came all the way up to the top, and his shoes were just in rags. They had been living on the street, eating out of dumpsters, and eating trash. And they'd been molested, all of them, a bunch of times. And when we got them, they were so in shock and traumatized, they couldn't even look at anybody. But now, after, you know, these months have happened, these kids are smiling, they're running around, they have their own beds, they have their own clothing, they, they're singing, they're playing out on the playground, the spirit of death and darkness has been broken over them, they just run around and hug everybody like they have one big family. And it's a very important thing what you guys are doing, and the giving that you, you do and the partnership and the prayers, it really means a lot to these children. And we got a little boy who from head to toe and all of his back is filled with cuts and scars and cigarette burns, like his entire back. And we got him, uh, his father was an alcoholic and a drug dealer, and he would burn this little boy to get him to obey him. And so his whole back, all his head and face, and they gave him to us permanently, which means that even though he's only eight years old, he'll stay there till he finishes graduate school, all the way through college, all the way through graduate school. And you know, the church has given almost 40, over $40,000 so far to help us feed the poor, take care of all the widows, and help little children like this. We have so many of them. And I just wanted to say to you guys, thank you so much for, you know, giving towards growth, for believing in the vision of Pastor Brian and everything you guys are doing there. And thank you for helping us at, you know, What Matters Ministries. It's a big deal. We couldn't do it without people like you. And it really means a lot, a lot, a lot. Well, thank you. It's, it's awesome. I thank God for what you do. You know, we can't go do that, but you do. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate what God is using you for because a lot of people don't have that heart and don't have that commitment that you've had. And, you know, I've never told you thank you, but thank you for what you do. Oh, thank you, Sally. Thank you for saying that to me. That means a lot. I, I really appreciate that a lot. You know, people forget that, you know, we're out here just doing everything. And a little bit of a thank you. Uh, coming from me to you guys is a lot, and, and you saying that to me means a lot, and I really thank you for that. A lot. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, it's Ivan Tate with What Matters Ministries and Missions and Casa Angelina. I just wanted to thank you for giving towards growth because your giving has led to the growth of Casa Angelina Orphanage and the little lives that we take care of that are so precious and treasures to God. You have helped us grow, increase, and multiply. And for that, I thank you. And have a wonderful Christmas this year. God bless you. Right here from College Station, Texas.
right here. You see, it's, it all starts with a seed. The church in general was just a seed in, in Crystal and I's heart years ago. And all we needed was some good ground to put it in. God sent us to the Brazos Valley. We didn't know one person. And all he sent us was Matt. <laughs> Don't you love Pastor Matthew and Tiffany? And Brandon. Leo and others. It's just a seed. But a seed only does one or two things. Either waits or grows. And if you don't plant it, it'll just wait. And you'll sit there and go, where's my harvest? And God's going, where's the seed? Because you can't have growth without seed. You can't have a harvest without time. What we're seeing is amazing for what God is doing, but he's not just doing it in Guatemala. I can tell you story after story after story of people in this church sitting right here that the hand of God has moved so mightily in their personal life that I would grow hoarse from the stories. But there must be a seed. Just a little bit more information. Just just this year, year to date. You say, why is social media so such a big deal for our church? Because that's where the, everybody's at. That's why we go there. But just this year, almost 30,000 people, over 25,000 people have watched our Facebook videos. Just so far, we've spent we've sent over $15,000 out just to new churches. Oh, you're starting a new church? Praise the Lord. We know that can be difficult. Here's some money. He said, well, why would you send them money? Because money answers all things. What do you mean it answers all things? Get a flat tire. You don't need some rubber. You need some money because you don't have a tire manufacturing facility. But you get you some money. You can fix that tire quick. You you get enough money, you don't even have to touch it. Over 30,000 people have come to our website this year. 25,000 on Google. Over 2,000 people Every time we post something on Facebook, have the opportunity to see it. Over 110,000 different impressions on Instagram. Listen to this. Over 2,000 people have been born again in this building this year. That's documented. That's not everybody that's watching online. That's not the people that text in and say, oh my God, I, I, I heard, I had a guy send me a, uh, an email the other day. It said, it said I saw your message, an inst- one Instagram post. And I thank God for our team that helps me with all that. They put them together. They package them real nice. And they sent them out. The guy said, 
I spent an hour on your Instagram page. An hour? He said, it so encouraged me. I was so down. Now I'm believing God can actually do something with my life. Brother Ivan said we sent over $40,000 to widows and orphans this year. Over 1,000 first-time guests. Almost 25,000 people have been in one of our services this year or in total attendance. Over 200 First Touch Team members pulling the wagon. Just going through the numbers that they sent me. Here's one. 48 countries. That's why I look in that camera. I tell them, I don't know if you're watching now or you're watching a replay. But I want them to know God loves them. I want them to know New Heights is interested in their life, this life, and the next. You see, there must be a seed. But the thing is, when we give here in just a minute, Crystal and I are going to sow. When we give here in just a minute, it represents so much more than just money. Because money is like a tool. A hammer can either commit a crime or build a house. It's just a tool. And the right hands... It can build beautiful facilities and architecture in the wrong hands. It can do damage. But money represents far more than just a monetary exchange that our our governing entities dictate the value because the value of effectively a piece of paper. It represents far more than that. The fish and loaves that the little boy shared represented a lot more than his lunch. Because you don't have fish and loaves without somebody at some point buying a field. Somebody at some point cutting down all the trees, tilling up the land, going and buying seed, planting it making sure the barley was maintained as it was growing. The Bible says it was two barley loaves. Somebody had to maintain it. Then somebody had to harvest it. Then somebody had to grind it. Then somebody had to sell it. Then somebody had to buy it. Then somebody had to put it in a pan with the right ingredients. Then somebody had to throw it in the oven that they didn't go down to Lowe's or or Home Depot and buy an oven. Somebody had to build an oven. They throw the loaves in the oven that they built that they didn't turn the gas on. They didn't turn the electricity on. Somebody built a fire early that morning to make sure the oven was hot by the time they were ready to bake bake some bread. Put the loaves in there, wait on them for they're just right, pull them out. And all of a sudden, there's a couple of loaves of bread that a little boy has in his bag or his, 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 his pack. And his mom said, when you go hear that preacher, I can picture that, that little... That little Hebrew mama. Now you get down there and hear that preacher. You do what he says. 
I heard he's healing people. You know, Cousin Cindy, she's not feeling well. You get down there and find out what he says because we want Cousin Cindy feeling better. Get down there and find out what he says. Here's just some lunch. Take this with you. And if anybody needs something while you're there, you make sure and share. I could hear that little Hebrew mother. See, it wasn't just bread. It became his seed, but it doesn't start that way. That's why God values it so highly. When you come and you sow, you're sowing your time, your efforts, your talents, your your career, your business. That money didn't just uh, 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 pop up in your hands. That's why it's so valuable to God. That's why it's the exchange. You're not just exchanging a monetary sum. Every cent represents some decision that somebody had to make to bring it into your house. And now you're willingly ready to take that and transform it into the most powerful thing it can become. And that is seed and put it in the house of God. And then God does what only he can do. It's not just money. Let me tell you, do you have time for one quick story before we start? a missionary, and he went to a, a very remote island. And he went, and he had a great revival, and many people got saved. And there was a lot of natives on the island. And the natives, while they were there, they were very appreciative. There was one person that had kind of been his interpreter and his guide. And it was a very powerful, powerful time. A, a great, they, they, they formed just a, a great relationship. And he said, when are you leaving? He said, I'm going to leave in about a week. I, I have other places that the Lord's sending me to go. He said, and, and, and the native said to him, he said this. He said, he said, well, don't leave. I have a gift for you. I'll bring it to you by the end of the week. And five days goes by. And he meets him in the little, in the center of the village. He says, I have your gift. He said, I'd love to have it. And he reaches down into a little pouch that was carried on his side. And he pulls out a small seashell. And he hands it over to him. The missionary does what you and me would do. Oh, wow. Look at that. A seashell. There's like a beach right here. There's like eight jillion seashells. Thank you for another seashell. Very respectful. Thank you. This seashell's beautiful. Thank you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful seashell. He sticks in his pocket, hugs the guy, and he goes to head off. And as he's walking off, he, he's getting close to the ship that he's about to get on. One of the other natives is sitting there with him, and he said, Are you taking anything from the island with you? And he said, Yeah. And he reached out in his pocket. He said, Yeah. You know, the guy that was been interpreting, has been interpreting for me all week, he gave me this beautiful seashell. Isn't that a beautiful seashell? He said, that is a beautiful seashell. He said, but I, I need you to know something about that shell. You can only find that shell on the far end of the island. He said, it's a five-day round trip to get there. He said, when, when he gave you the seashell, how was he dressed? He said, well, he said, he'd been dressed so well. Oh, the whole time I was here, he said, but he said, he looked like he'd been in a fight or something. His clothes were ripped. It looked like his feet had been bleeding. His pants were torn. I could see cuts on his hand. He said, I, 
really didn't want to ask him about it because you know, I didn't want to embarrass him. He'd been in a fight, you know, whatever. I don't know. I didn't want to mess with him. He said, well, you don't understand. He said, it's not just a five-day round trip. He said, it's a five-day round trip across jagged volcanic rock. There's no place to sleep between here and there that has any comfort. He said, he said, undoubtedly, were his feet cut? He said, his feet look like ribbons. He said, that's because he spent five days traversing basically jagged glass to go get you this shell and bring it back. And he said, he said, what? Immediately. As you could imagine, the missionary's heart was broken. He said, he didn't have to do that for me. He said, he, he didn't have to go through all of that to go on that type of a journey for me. And the man answered him back. He said, you don't understand. In our culture, the journey is part of the gift. In our culture, when you receive one of these shells, what somebody had to endure to get it is part of the gift. You see, Jesus didn't preach a single message for 30 years because he wasn't here, wasn't sent here to do for you and for me what would take a small amount of effort he was here for the full journey you see the journey is part of the gift when you take and you sow a thousand, ten thousand a hundred thousand dollars a hundred dollars God's not looking at it and going a hundred he's looking at the cuts on your feet he's looking at the ribbons that your pants have become He's looking at the challenges that you had to go through. That's why it's not just money. You see, you're giving a part of your journey to Him. Nobody knows what it took for you to get those resources into your house. But God does. That's why I don't ever mess around with somebody else in whatever level they may or may not be at. Because I don't know what they had to go through to find that shell. I don't know what they had to go through. I, I don't know what it took. But see, the journey when you give, you're not just, it's not just money. You're giving him part of the journey. I know it takes a lot. I know it takes effort and time. But God is catching all of your tears. And when you give towards growth, the stories that you have seen become possible because you're willing to take some of your journey And give. 
must be a seed. If there's ever going to be a harvest. I'm going to ask Pastor Matthew to sing for just a moment. I'm going to go sit by Crystal for just a moment. I want you, if you're married with your spouse, take your gift. Pray over it together. Ask God, if you haven't already, what role he would have you play in giving towards the growth of this church and your family. Take a moment. If you're by yourself, take a moment. Just you and God. If he tells you something crazy, all I can tell you is I've never seen him fail. If he stretches you, all I can tell you is he's going to give it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What stories will we be celebrating next year? Most people's harvest time hits and they look back and they say, I wish I'd have sowed more. I'll never forget last year. This has been the best year of our life. And I'll never forget, many of y'all were here. The Lord spoke to me and said, you're about to come into a a season of harvest like you've never experienced. And I went straight home and I told Crystal, we're about to sow like we've never sown before. Because I knew if I was coming into harvest, you can't affect your harvest when it is harvest time. You can only affect your harvest when you sow. Lord, we're here today because we love you. We understand that we're not just throwing resources. We're giving you a part of ourselves, a part of our journey. This represents far more, far more than just finances. I'm asking you, God, to move on each one of us and let us know what role you'd have us play. But I'm asking you, God, to blow our minds with what you do next year in ways of miracles and salvations, restorations, widows, orphans, evangelism. I'm asking you to blow our mind. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.